Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Since 2013, Bombus has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Gabbana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. This is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. And welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I'm Mr. Davis, cutest wrestling reviewer on the internet, and I'm joined by Mr. Nope. Ah, damn it! I changed one thing about the goddamn intro. I'm joined by lukewarm Lou Cohen. Hello, Swap Nation, and a hello to you, Mr. Davis. Who I, I I'm starting to think, did you steal this gimmick from somewhere? Because I I posted up on the Wrestle Talk podcast community tab yesterday. You know, like Ollie Davis is the cutest uh, wrestling um, personality, and I put it up onto our uh, Twitter as well. And I had a lot of people say like. No, that gimmick belongs to uh, Cultaholic. There's someone there. Like, but I don't. Maybe they were just what? saying that they're more handsome than you are. Like, I don't know. But are they doing a cuteness gimmick as well? I don't know. I mean, I thought you were gonna say. I thought this was a bit about how <laughs> you didn't know about Makiito. No, I've uh, I've wholesale lifted this from Makiito. Well, that's what I thought as well. Like, absolutely. Yeah. That's I mean, Alex is also claiming that you stole the gimmick from her as well, because she also does like the hands for all of her photos mm. and stuff. And you, she did say that um, you, you, you know, gimmick infringement. So I, I did say I would have a word uh, that you stole that. Um, but also, just I do have a little the flower quick... pose as well. Well, yeah, but that, I think that's what you need to focus on. You need to do the flower more than the other one, because uh, that, that one's Alex. I think what Alex does is horrible cultural appropriation. <laughs> what what I do is a sensitive, respectful tribute to Japanese culture. Um, also, I'm just going to use this time to boast here. Makiito follows me on Twitter. So there's that. How did that happen? How did I honestly don't happen? know. I honestly don't know. I only realized it when I went to tweet it out um, after we posted up the video of you being like cutest wrestling uh, internet personality or whatever it is. Mm. And I was like, oh, I'm going to do a tweet that says, you know, Ollie Davis versus Mackie Ito, book it Vince or book it Tony or whatever. And it was just came up and I was like, tag Mackie Ito. And it said, you both follow each other. And I was like, what? hot dog. Mackie Ito follows me on Twitter. How lovely. 
Shuffled at some of the cultaholic boys as well. So I'm not like I'm not special or anything. She doesn't follow me. Do you hmm. follow her? Now I do. Okay, it's a matter of time. It's a matter of time it's before she follows me back. I'll give you live updates on the show. <laughs> right. Well, let's get into the show itself. See if uh, see if this does come up. See if she does follow Ollie throughout the show. Um, anyway. Uh, it was a cracking episode of Dynamite. A heck of a lot to talk about. I don't know if we'll get in the hour limit again this time round. Gonna Here do is it. The sh- that is bad thinking. Positive thinking. Here is the show. It's the cutest wrestling reviewer on the internet mr davis joined by lukewarm luke owen i put on a bow did i surprise you i saw you doing something and like we've got like we can kind of see the cameras like below so even when like a video is being played but you would it looked like you had another headband that you were trying to put on at the same time and then realized that you did not have time time, you couldn't get it on in time um but still very cute nonetheless Thanks very much. We are here to talk about AEW Dynamite from last night, including an absolutely killer main event segment, sort of in the the classic Chris Jericho vein of in-ring segments. I'm talking his heel turn on Shawn Michaels, the festival of friendship, my personal favorite in-ring segment of all time. And now this, which is good. It's up there. It is up there. Easy. Jericho is so good at these things. It was the Inner Circle War Council. And it got the main event of the show. As soon as I as soon as they said that, and not it wasn't the TNT title match, I was like, something big's gonna go down here. And I was correct because everything went down there. Sammy Guevara returned. The inner circle turned on Chris Jericho. The inner circle then revealed they were always in on it with Chris Jericho and turned back on MJF. MJF cowered, pleaded, said, no, no, don't, don't hurt me. I wasn't trying to break up or take over the inner circle because I was too busy building my own. Lights cut out, come back on, standing behind the inner circle is Wardlow, obviously, FTR, Tully Blanchard and Sean Spears, and they destroy the inner circle. Just an incredible bit of wrestling TV. It was pretty, pretty great. Like, really, really good stuff. And, well, like, one of the things I absolutely loved about this is that there, I got a few messages from people. A lot of people left this comment on the community tab as well, which is that this storyline makes no sense. And the, like, there's no way that this works out. Like, if you plot it out, it doesn't make any sense at all. And I'm like, but that's kind of the genius of it is that it makes perfect sense that like the inner circle, like when Jericho, like, so Sammy comes out and he plays this video to be like, look, you need to see this. And it's from like that day of MJF telling Santana and Ortiz and Jake Hager, it's time to turn on Chris Jericho. So when it comes down and he's like, <laughs> get him, boys. You can kind of like just sort of plot this out and be like, okay, well, what, that does does that sort of work? The, when everything, when the dust was all settled and everything, you're like, oh, this makes complete sense. Jerick, like MJF's whole plan 
this entire time was to work how to find out how a faction works together it was never about taking over the inner circle it was about kind of learning from the inner circle to build his own faction and throughout all of this he was always trying to make you think the audience and to make the inner circle think that he's going to take them over when that was never his intent all along and chris jericho knew that that was mjf's plan so he so jericho thought i've got the upper hand on this but MJF was actually the smarter man in all of this. And he was the one who had the upper hand and he was the one that stood tall at the end. I, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Yeah, it's it's nobody looks silly here, despite multiple layers of, ha-ha, I outfooled you. No, ha-ha. It's like Batman levels of planning where they've got plan A, B, C, and it's all just this masterful game of chess. And I guess what people might, because initially I was like, wait a second. That doesn't make sense. Like, why would Sammy have been thrown out then? What was that all about? And I was like, actually, no, this all fits in completely. I think when Sammy was ejected from the inner circle, they still thought MJF was MJF. on their side. 100%, yeah. yeah. But it was only in like the last couple of weeks when MJF obviously finally said to Santana, Ortiz and Jake Hager behind Jericho's back, let's kick Chris out. That's when they, t they told Jericho right away, and Jericho's like, okay, yeah, we're going to screw over this guy. Sammy doesn't know about that. Sammy comes back to rescue Jericho. So it was like, I mean, the, the, there were so many ways that this MJF in the Inner Circle storyline could have gone. That we A longer run. Sammy comes back. He kicks out Jericho. And yet you get so caught up in that. And I said in my review, at the same time, AEW are building this, this four horsemen faction. FTR, Tully, Sean Spears. And it's like, these are two separate things, they, but very obviously could coalesce together. So when they do connect, it's just, I think the staggering part about this for me is that it all makes total sense. It was in front of us the entire time, but AEW's just insane level of storytelling ability to throw those red herrings, to zig when you think they're going to zag, it's, it's flawed me, to be honest. Yeah, and there was clearly, like, I think that for on the Jericho side of things, realizing that MJF was, you know, plotting against him was in, it's only been like the last week or so. Like, you know, so I think they were both on the same page leading into Revolution. Jericho thought that MJF was on his side, despite the fact that MJF was kind of like plotting this thing, you know, all the while. Um, and Jericho, I, I think it was, you know, Jericho had that promo at Revolution where he said, we're going to have this war council where things are going to get, are going to make changes. And then MJF's like, yeah, no, things are going to change around here. He starts to lay these seeds with Santana and Ortiz and, and Hager. They then tell Jericho, so Jericho's like, okay, cool. Well, I'm still going to play dumb here to make Jer to make MJF think that he's got the one up on us, but actually we've got the one up on him. Turns out MJF had the two up on him to um, introduce this new faction. And this beatdown, this beatdown was amazing. This is the best that Sean Spears has looked since he debuted. Like when Sean Spears came in, I'm not, you know, the chair shot outside of that, like he felt genuinely credible in that first Tully run against Cody leading into All Out. But now, then he kind of just has been, I don't want to say coasting, but just there. Like that's his, that's his character. He is just there. Oh, he's got a loaded glove now. And now he hasn't. And now he's doing this. 
man, he's not really. Like, that's just it. That's what his character's been. But this is the best that he has looked. FTR doing the the, uh, the triple, what, the double spike pile driver with Tully Blanchard was awesome. Wardlow looked wicked in all of this, taking out Jericho. And I love that it was Jericho that took the brunt of all of this beating as well. Like, Jer- like Wardlow gives him that drag down knee. Then MJF hits him with the diamond ring, busts him open. And then the huge, you think like that's it. And then they end it off with this power bomb off the stage. It was so, so good. JR had a really good line. And JR always puts over Wardlow. He said, like, it's like, Wardlow, one day we're going to be saying Wardlow's name above any of these guys. Uh, yeah, I, d- I totally agree with the Sean Spears point. Like, I th- I've read a lot of people say this is because fans are kind of like, not over him, but they just like, you know, he's he's not been of that level that everyone else is in AEW and the fans kind of see that and AEW kind of using that to get more heat for Sean. It's Mm. like this sort of unworthiness in that position, but he's got that really cool uh, sort of cruel psychotic streak that he can bring to it as well. I'm thinking like uh, what's his face in, in Suzuki goon. Tai Chi. Oh, Tai Chi, right. Sorry, you, yeah, you gave like me very Kai... little to work on there, but, but you basically <laughs> said, like, that actor guy. That guy, you know that guy? <laughs> yeah, saying that person from Suzuki Game does not limit it down. Your life. <laughs> it's like saying, you know, the Bullet Club one. Um, but yeah, overall, just, like, staggering stuff. Really exciting to watch play out. Edge of my seat. And we've got, it, it, it opens up that this whole episode was the post-revolution episode of Dynamite. It's kind of the new season. This is the road to double or nothing now. So we've got new storylines, new directions, new characters, and this uber-heel faction that's so heel, they're bigger than the last heel faction that ran AEW. So I guess blood and guts, right? Well, yeah, absolutely. And I know there are some people who still think, well, you know, as I still think, but people who have said, the reason why I cannot buy into this faction yet is because I don't, I can't see MJF and FTR together. But I think of like all of them there, like Sean Spears is the one that stands out to me as like, he's the odd one out in all of this. Maybe Wardlow, because FTR are a throwback to 80s tag teams. MJF is a throwback to 80s heels where he is, the reason why like, legends and like old timers like an Arn Anderson or a Tully Blanchard love MJF is because MJF is a heel. He's not a cool heel because the cool heel became the thing to do in the 90s where it's like, yeah, I'm a bad guy, but I'm still cool though. Still cheer me. Even though I'm a bad guy, I still want you to cheer me and buy my merchandise. No, no, MJF is a heel. MJF doesn't give a damn what you think about him. MJF, and he will be that way like you know in all of his interviews and stuff he doesn't break kayfabe and everything he is an an a heel so him working with ftr in that sort of like old school mentality totally works and for all those people just like mjf is no horseman mongo was a horseman like mjf is a much better horseman than mongo was so like i think it's it's i think it makes perfect sense for mjf to be as part of this faction as in particular to be the leader of it all plus i get that this you know it's tully it's ftr this isn't the horseman like I think we can, we can, we should not say that. There's the the callback, sure, but I think putting a six person together faction is a, a deliberate step to not say, yeah, it's just another four horsemen. 
uh, because we've had all of those. And that's not generally what AEW is about. They're about creating something new with ties to the past, not a direct continuation. So I think, yeah, I don't know. There's six people in this, five active wrestlers, although, you know, Tully had a great showing last week. (laughs) But yeah, you've got five of them, five active Inner Circle members. War Games, where's William Regal when you need him? It is, it's a, a, a match that we didn't got we didn't get last year because of you know the no fans era of wrestling. It is potentially the worst named wrestling gimmick uh, match that we've never had. The blood and guts match, which is you know AEW's war game. I, I think it's a terrible name. Like it, it doesn't flow particularly well. Like the great thing about war games is that I'm, I want to face you in war games. I want to face you in blood and guts. Like it's. It's the brass ring levels of silliness uh, for me. However, we haven't had the match yet, so I don't know how the match actually works. And this this sort of like, you know, with the inner circle turning face, surely this, we are going to get inner circle versus this new group in Blood and Guts. Yeah, I would say I th- the problem with Blood and Guts, particularly now after an exploding barbed wire death match, you kind of set the, the idea for blood, which is fine, but Guts... Do I want to see guts in a wrestling thing? I'm not sure yeah. I do. What a, I want to see it's, eyes. It's cool. My, my patient yeah, stops at eyes. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Geeky Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am, but Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. See what everyone else thinks <laughs> on the Super Chats. Getting your Omega Chats to WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. Riddick Wolf says, match between Darby and Scorpio was incredible. 
Uh, a bit gutted with the end angle, though, was hoping Sammy and MJF to have planned the whole thing, filming each other, uh, falling out to trick Jericho. Name for the faction could be the Outer Circle. Thoughts? I don't like the name, the Outer Circle. Uh, I think we, if you're going to have a new name, I think it should be something that is, uh, you know, it is different to that. Even though it would be quite like a very heelish thing to do to be like, oh no, my name is basically the same as your name, but it's different, so it's now my <laughs> new name. Um, yeah, and like I, 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 I yes. I made to see the people that were gutted by the angle because they thought it was going to go a, a different way. I, I thought this was an excellent thing because it, it wasn't what I was expecting it to be. Uh, the Portuguese Mr. Davis. Hey, guys, and the English Mr. Davis. Uh, I quite enjoyed this week's show, and I feel like we're setting up for a future blood and guts match between the Inner Circle and MJF's new faction thoughts. Yeah, I think we, we both agree with you there. Mm -hmm. Fran Chili, like the cutest wrestling review always says, AEW will zig when you think they are going to zag. I told my brother, oh, Cody not being able to beat Pentagon is going to be the reason why he would join the Four Horsemen later on. Hashtag kawaii that kawaii. Yeah. Oh, mate. Cody versus Penta. That segment was... Oh, terrific. I don't think Cody will join this faction, though. Cody no. hates MJF. If anything, this faction will feud with him. Charles Berg, while we were playing checkers, figuring out how MJF would take over the inner circle, but he was playing chess. Excellent swerve. This was a nice episode to set up the stories going forward. Old Kawaii Davis is the cutest, uh, and I hear his peen is massive. Wow, the kawaii gimmick is actually going to... like. Is this going to wash away the tiny peen gimmick? Is this all it took? We'll have to see. Uh, but yeah, the, I'll, I'll pay you the money later, Charles Burke. Thank you for saying that. Karen Merchan... Merchan... Mer, Karen Merchandy. I love the turn in the moment, but come to think of it, Jericho was just dastardly heel beating up a dad last week. Why are we supposed to feel sympathy for the inner circle? Because they've been out healed. Well, that, yeah, that's a, a very good point there. Is, is Are they going to be a pure babyface team or are <laughs> they just going to be heels going up against a different set of heels? Yeah, I think this is what WWE always says they want to do, which is genuine shades of grey. Josh B17, all for MJF and his group versus Inner Circle, Blood and Guts. Also, I don't know if it's a new thing or I've just missed it, but Penta says has really gotten over with me and should be part of his act going forwards. Yeah, that's a really fun little team. I'm, I mean, I'm, is he still with Death Triangle? I suppose we'll get to that later. <laughs> Mark Andre Sear, what should that new faction be named? The Six Horsemen? M-J-F-T-R <laughs> The Four Horsemen plus Sean Spears and Tully Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see what they're going to go with I don't think it can be any worse than the Inner Circle Having said that, like that, you know, that name did grow on me eventually But when they first said it's like, this is the Inner Circle I'm like, eh. again, it's that insider term nonsense yeah, get some suggestions in the chat. I can't think of anything else. Uh, Nimby Dagda. Also, this has been built for nearly a year. Spears and MJF at the start of the pandemic. MJF dropping the four sign and apocalypse references in his presidential stuff. Tully watching the diamond ring matches. Yeah. That's interesting because I, I know a lot of people nice. sent me the uh, MJF and Tully like, you know, betting money with each other. But I think that was just, I don't know if that's long-term stories and that was just, you know, two heels being heels at ringside when, you know, you didn't have fans there. But yeah, I think like the apocalypse references in the presidential stuff, Tully watching, like that's there. Like that mm. shows us that it was right there in plain sight for all of us to see and none of us caught on to it. 
Beautiful. Reese Johnson, afternoon lads. Another great Thursday morning watching quality wrestling shows. Do you think with the MJF faction and Inner Circle getting Sammy back, this is how they introduce the six-man titles? Also, Christian for main title isn't what I would have done. Oh, we'll, we'll get to that point later. But yeah, like we, they said they were going to do the six-man titles in 2021. I mean, there's plenty of six-man groups at the moment. But what will be the official Inner Circle trios? <laughs> Maytess says faction warfare, double or nothing coming up. Stadium Stampede Part Two. I think Stadium Stampede is a is a really good shout. Depending on like you know if they're going to have fans there in attendance, because if WWE are going to have fans there for like you know a large portion of fans there for Mania, does that mean that we can expect a large portion of fans to be there for double or nothing, like more than they were there for Revolution? The Stampede is a bit more comedy-focused. I don't want that from this feud, I don't think. Uh, Black Adam. So we're just going to ignore the fact that if the Inner Circle went through with kicking out Jericho, it would have been an eight-man stable with Wardlow, FTR, Sean and the Inner Circle. That's what doesn't make sense to me. Were they going to jump them after? Yeah, I think so. Sorry, say again. The fact that the Inner Circle went so, through... So if... If Santana Ortiz and Hager did indeed follow through on MJF's orders and beat up Jericho, then what would all those other guys do? Oh, I, I think I think MJF knew. MJF clearly knew that they were talking to each other and his like that all it was all part of his plan. Like his whole thing was there to be like, look, I didn't want to take over the inner circle. I was building my own. That suggests to me that he knew that Santana Ortiz and Hager weren't going to turn on Jericho. I think they were going to beat them up regardless. So you've not only formed this new super faction, you've divided and conquered the previous mm. one. Uh, RP Dagnan, I am excited about MJF's group. I really am, but I can't call any twist that relies on they spoke of screen anything but bad. Make the last three months of storytelling look dumb as apparently nobody on screen believed it. Okay, I, I would disagree with that. Yeah, I think... The way we like the way we said it, where it's only the last few days, mm -hmm. that's that makes sense. But you're right. If if they're taught, if this was all a ruse for three months, and that the inner circle always knew about MJF, it does fall down. But I don't think that's what they were doing. Phil Roberts, Jericho's AEW run is a masterclass in using legends. In late WWE runs, he seemed to lose every feud, which diminished the impact of going over against him. Here, everything he touches turns to gold, partly as he was treated as such a huge deal at the start. Yeah, and it's, I think it's worked out for everyone, with the exception of Orange Cassidy, where <laughs> like Cassidy got nailed out of winning that feud. Uh, the Jam One Ryan B. Jam. Bar weep, grana weep, <laughs> mini bong to the both of you. It's the um, that that's a, it's the greetings, and there's uh, it's from Transformers the movie. Bar guana weep, mini bong. <laughs> MJF's new faction should be called the Sinister Six. <laughs> Love that. Also, Alex Queen of the Ring is the true kawaii wrestling infotainment. Hashtag kawaii that kawaii. I don't know about that. Don't know wow. about that. They'll have words. I, I I did say I'd have words with Ollie Davis, and I did. You can listen to the uh, podcast version of this, the audio version of this show. Uh, it's available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I tell you what else you can do, Luke. You can go and subscribe to Parts Unknown because tomorrow we've got the latest episode in Laurie Blake's, you know, the current Jam That Champion Explain series. Here is the man, that son of a bitch, to talk about it. Hey bud, how's it going? 
Lovely kawaii face. Hentai peen from what I hear in the comments, though. Hentai peen. Shall I tell you that explained? Like octopus. Yes, please. <laughs> yeah, okay, cool. Um, so explained tomorrow. Go over to Parts Unknown. Subscribe now. Look out for it tomorrow. Hopefully tomorrow, because the edit's going to be a pain in the ass because uh, I've done some effects <laughs> and Premiere Pro doesn't like him. So, hey, we'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, I, the new explained is on Lucha Masks. Um, fairly interesting topic, I think, because I think a lot of people think they're quite linked to Mexican culture. Turns out that is not the case, as you'll find out in the video. But then I argue that maybe they are quite linked to Mexican culture after the fact. So I'm hoping that even if you've mm -hmm. heard the Lucha stuff before, there will be something interesting in there. And I think it's worth it to watch just for the weird effect that I've done because I think it's bloody brilliant and I'm going to watch my computer crash 100 times when I try to export it later. What have you done? It's like a weird kaleidoscope effect. It looks awesome, but it, 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 my computer, I tried, to export the, I tried to export the opening so I could show you all on this and mm. my computer just went, no, so we'll see what happens <laughs> later. Oh, Oh, that's not a good sign. If it's trying no. to like, export out a, a preview of it, then you now do well, no, the whole full, video, it's please. Full, it's a full res version of the intro, but the intro is going to be where most of these crazy effects are. But uh, yeah, please do uh, come over to Parts Unknown tomorrow and watch it. It should be out just before the news, but we might change that depending on what we get told by our company that we work with later. So that'd be fun. Mm, who knows? Uh, and yeah, that would be good. Uh, if you're a patron as well, it should be live for you later today, depending on export times i am sorry that it's not live already exports <laughs> are fun thanks laurie explain okay bye everyone of the best one of the best shows we make so everyone go and watch that tomorrow Sorry, right. bye, Laurie. Um, producer be... Rich is saying, as try queuing it in Media Encoder rather than Premiere, it seems better uh, than most recent updates. There you go, Laurie. That's from producer Rich. Do Thank you, Rich. I love you. Do you want to do some more <laughs> troubleshooting on this live stream review of the yeah, wrestling let's do. show? Go on. Do you remember when yeah. Rich got into an argument with one of those hyper chats who was arguing about um, oh, like yeah. strobing effect? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm also going to apologize um, as well. It is just that it's like torrentially raining here. So I'm hoping my microphone doesn't pick it up, but it is battering it down. I can't hear it, but I'm excited oh, to get cozy later. Uh-oh. Mm. Uh-oh. <laughs> Master Chess on tonight. <laughs> uh, Ray Phoenix versus Matt oh. Jackson opened up this episode of Dynamite. What a way to start. This match ruled. Oh, like it felt like Matt Jackson went out there to be like, oh, I really hate that everyone loved that Nick Jackson versus Phoenix match. <laughs> like, and everyone talked about it as one of the best matches of the year. Oh, I wish I had that. So I'm going to try and top it. It was so, so great. Like, this was just spectacular from start to when so many inventive and creative spots. There was one moment in this where Ray Phoenix went to do a dive. Right. But, you know, Matt Jackson, seeing that a dive was coming, just sort of like walked around being like, oh, Alma back the way that Matt often does, always selling the lower back injury. So Ray Phoenix just sort of looks at him like puzzled, you know, the raptors in like, like the Dinosaurus in Jurassic Park, where it's been like, huh, you know, just like, little, like little head tilt there, just looks at him and then just like just steps through the ropes as if it was nothing. Like he glitched through them and just did a hurricane runner off the like the <laughs> apron. Like he just sort of looked at him and was like, huh. Step through Hurricane Rana as if it was no effort whatsoever. 
It was nuts. Like, absolutely bonkers. And I loved every single second of it. Yeah, it was so good. I, I think the Nick versus Ray match last year was better. But, you know, this was this was really, really stunning as well. Um, a lot more psychology, not as many flips and stuff because it's not, it's Matt, it's not Nick. But that, you know, it's just a, a like for like tra- uh, change really in quality. And yeah, the, there was a bit of interference to remind you that this is a, a tag team feud. It was Matt took out Nick with a baseball slide. And Matt was like, uh, okay, I'll even the odds and booted Pack as well. Uh, but yeah, ultimately, Phoenix, it was Phoenix, Phoenix who out. got the win. Yeah, he oh, said Matt, took, Matt out Nick. took him out. No, no, ne- like, so Phoenix did the, the baseball, like he did the drop kick, and then mm. Matt was like, oh, so you're going to kick my brother? Oh, I'll kick yours instead then. And like he just oh, went out there, basically better. just looked at him, just looked at him, was like, oh, super kick then. Um, and I, I, I love that was sp- a weird spot. <laughs> and I uh, I loved the super kick no sell as well. Like just laying him out, and he just goes back up, oh, hello, I'm back up again. And then just, you know, uh, I, I thought this was absolutely wicked. Yeah, and Phoenix hit a driver for the win. Uh, amazing scenes just loved it uh all throughout this you have kaz and christopher daniels watching from the stands because they will get a shot eventually they won another match i've kind of was it a it's usually a battle royal to get a shot at anything in this company and if they lose they'll break they'll break up so like you've got this this Death Triangle Bucks feud. Yes, please. That's going to have an amazing match. And then after that, whoever wins, which I expect will be the Bucks, we're going to have this sort of title versus career step. That is, that's great. Yeah. And I think that's a storyline you can then like tell through to double or nothing in May and really build up the step, like the tensions of SCU breaking up like Kaz and Daniels, mm. this tag act that I absolutely adore. I go, you know, bad in like bad addiction, all this sort of stuff. Like the and I I I can't wait to to see a bad influence rather than the addiction. Like I cannot wait to see what they're gonna do with this. And I think you can really like eke that story out. So you've got that real drama of of the breakup of Kaz and Daniels. Well, next we got the explanation for the explosions. And like we said, whatever Eddie Kingston does in his promo, he's such a good talker, we'll probably believe him anyway. And he did the thing that a lot of people said, which is just say that Eddie Kingston got so anxious when he covered John Moxley during that explosion or non-explosion that he passed out. That's why he sold a dud explosion. And I said, uh, I, I don't know. I, I can't see what else they can do, but I'm not sure I like the idea of that. The idea is Eddie only passes out when he is being choked. You know, that that's quite a famous part of his feud with Moxley. So I didn't like the idea of it. But then hearing Kingston cut this promo, which was a pre-tape um, thing of them doing a sort of weekend at Bernie's. Moxie was wearing the glasses. He looked dead. They're both sitting on a couch. Kingston's talking right into the camera. One take because they're pros. And Kingston says, when I was there and it was counting down, I got that same feeling of anxiety that I did when I was awaiting trial. And they said, you're going to Rikers. And I passed out then and I passed out here. I just, it sold me. Yeah, there was a tweet that I saw uh, describing this. They said that AEW is very lucky that the person they've got doing this is Eddie Kingston because he is the toughest man in the world who wears his heart on his sleeve. So he Mm. is the one person who can sell this idea of that. Yeah, I I had an anxiety attack and that's what made, and it never under, like it doesn't, 
diminish his tough guy reputation because it's Eddie Kingston and like he just feels like the hardest man on the planet. And like what I, one of the things I really enjoyed about this is that everyone has given like you know oh here is a way for AEW to get out of this. They could say that uh, Eddie had a, a an anxiety attack. You can say that it was a dud explosion. You can say that Kenny and uh, Don planned this all along. You could do this. You could do that. And what AEW looked at was like huh they, those are good. Let's just do all of them. So they essentially. <laughs> So, like, Moxley's rationale for this was like, oh, yeah, like, you're an idiot and you can't build a bomb properly. Did it come with big Acme written all over this? I built better explosions in fourth grade with volcanoes. And I love uh, King's just going, impact pay for it. Yeah, impact pay for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And what's that, impact? Yeah, that does make sense. And then you have <laughs> Callis and Kenny come out later where they're like, you idiots, we built a fake bomb and you look stupid on pay per view. <laughs> like, so it. It's not the most ideal situation because the most ideal situation would have been that the thing blew up, which is what it was supposed to do. But as a way to kind of get out of this, I, th- I you know, I think they've done the best with what they possibly could uh, in this situation. I'm so glad they haven't taken Moxley off TV as well. Because I'm pretty sure like that revolution ending was to definitely write Mox out, probably write Kingston out for a bit as well. And they could have just been like, ah, oh, well, that's, that's what we had booked in for holiday and stuff. But no, they they reworked it out. And you've got to expect that this is building to another big match, which will write them out. So, yeah, I'm so glad that they looked at that and went, ah, we screwed up. Let's mm. have another go. But not in the way where you just awkwardly try and do a re- redo a spot that you missed in a match. But you try something new. You, you sort of improvise on the fly. Yeah, it was great. Mox and Kingston together as well. Their banter oh together God. is just effortless. It. Yeah, this I've watched this promo three times. <laughs> Every time. The more I watch it, the more I love it. Like, it's so great. Kingston is just insanely great. Yeah, and just like Mox's last line, if you're going to flash a weapon, you better use it. But I love that. Uh, so, that. It's like, if you're going to flash a weapon, you know this, Kingston. Like, because, like, that's Eddie, right? And it's like, you know this. And it goes, oh, I know this. Like, you better use it. Oh, I loved it. And it got better later on. We'll come on to that when we get to the Omega segment. Uh, we had Cody Rhodes just squashing Seth Gargis after this, a sort of enhancement talent, beat him in under a minute, tapped him out. Um, that was, sorry, Laurie's just rejoined in the back end. What's I wonder if he's now? just there to ask rich questions. <laughs> uh, update it worked <laughs> there you go he's got it there you go uh and at the end of the match cody's gonna cut a promo but penta interrupts from the spanish announcer's desk i know they've got spanish commentary because it always comes up on fight tv as the two options i didn't know there was a table there <laughs> well Hasn't i mean like gone through but no one's gone through like the English commentary table either. That's what the timekeeper's table is for. Cause they've got the time, like that's their table. That's their version of the that's Spanish announce point. table. Yeah. Um, but like Penta stood up, dude, Penta looks so good. Cause he's yeah. still got his big mask on. He's still got his face paint on, but he just, he's wearing this suit and looks in freaking credible. Just what a star. Yeah. And like, he cuts this program. He's got Alex um, Abba, um, Abahantz with him. I, I'm, I do apologize. Abahantz, I, I do apologize. I have to say uh, his name. He's their Latin like correspondent and stuff. And a Latino correspondent. And he basically, he's translating for him. 
But at the same time, Penta cuts a promo in English. He's like, I'm going to do this in American so you'll understand. Like as, as, as if it's this dirty language that he doesn't mm -hmm. want to tell us. And it's still awesome. Whereas like <laughs> if, you know, yeah, I beat you a revolution, but if it was one-on-one, -on -one, you'd have lost even more. You wouldn't have been able to even hold your baby girl. And like Cody has this big brawl. It's so great. I don't know if this is like because Pac and Phoenix are now, you know, the, the tag act. They're the official tag team of Death Triangle. Whether this means that um, Penta is sort of like not split away from them, but is now going into this singles run. But I am all in on a Penta singles run because dude is incredible. And I, I loved this segment so much. They're, they're having a match next week. It was announced later for the sort of St. Patrick's Day slam, whatever it's called. Uh, special episode of Dynamite. Uh, I, I kind of hope they have a, a little bit of a feud, a little bit of a story, mm -hmm. and ends with Penta breaking Cody's arm. Ride him off. <gasps> oh, that is a great way to get him off TV as well. Yeah, about as um, Abrahantes, apparently, is, is how you said. So apologies, I, I got that very wrong. Well, this episode was mostly, almost entirely building new things. But we've still, it, it's, it's not going away. Somehow, we got the best friends, Chucky e. T and Orange Cassidy, in an arcade where they challenged Miro and Kip Sabian to another match with arcades surrounding the ring. And if they lose, Chucky e. T will be Miro's butler forever. Yep, this feud must continue, I guess. Why? I don't, dude, I don't know. I don't know. We all thought that, like, Miro was going to become a singles guy after this, but... No, he's still feuding with the best. I guess because you've got to give the best friends the big baby face win. And maybe they want to sort of like, you know, they, they want to sort of like keep the feud going until you can get um, uh, Trent back. But that's not going to be for a while yet. Does Kip lose and Miro turns on Kip and that, yeah. that facilitates the breakup? Which is what I thought might have happened at Revolution. Hmm. Yeah, because I, as much as I want to see a full-on Chucky Butler thing, they've done that, unfortunately. I don't. I, th I think it would be going back on themselves. Uh, but Sting then cut a promo after this. He got interrupted, but it was someone that wasn't a member of Team Taz. This is a big win. When, when best friends cut this promo, being like, "Our feud must continue," and then Sting came out for a promo, and I was like, "Oh no, this feud's not continuing as well, is it?" <laughs> and, then, yeah. and then he got interrupted. But this time it was by Lance Archer, who came out to be like. I'm taking my own time. I, I'm not scheduled for a promo here, but you know, I don't want Sting doing this. So I'm going to make my own time for it. And yeah, dude, I'm kind of down for an, like a Sting versus Lance Archer feud, like particularly with Jake there. I think there's some really interesting stuff that can come from that. Well, all the months before Sting signed over the summer last year, it was Jake and Lance and Sting interacting on Twitter. That was the first mm -hmm. sort of hints of, oh, it's Sting gonna go to aew uh so yes i'm very happy that they're going to to that well um but i don't know how sting does a match with lance archer <laughs> why is he picking these guys lance archer and brian cage their whole gimmick the is younger destroying... guys? yeah i know but he's picking out those younger guys to put them over maybe they'll fight in that little barista coffee right? shop yeah but they're, you know they'll do it in the barista coffee shop that they did the last like the, the derby match in so it'll be all right there you can get a latte afterwards the barista coffee shop. Yeah. The street fight place. Yeah, dude. We said we were saying on the stream, it looked oh. like it was a it was a, a, a fancy coffee shop. The exposed light bulbs, you are right. You are right. 
After that, we got Ethan Page's Dynamite debut. He took on the Nightmare Family's Lee Johnson. Uh, there was a, a sort of narrative through line to this that was QT Marshall coming out to sort of manage Lee, but he wasn't very helpful. He actually walked off when Page started to beat Johnson down afterwards and Dustin ran down for the save. So QT's heel turns on its way. I like Johnson. I like this storyline. Ethan Page as his debut, I thought, I, I really like the way he wrestles. It's so like big boot, scoop slam, but it looks great. And jackknife. Yeah, as, as, as a fun little finish as well, doing the razor's edge. Um, it, this uh, match Sorry, had a massive edge. amount of this match had a massive amount of technical issues as well because um, TNT on their feed were playing audio mm. over the top of the dynamite audio, or like it was like slightly underneath. Um, it's on YouTube for free, so if you weren't able to focus on the match, which is totally understandable, it is there to watch on uh, on YouTube. And I think that's a real shame because I think that kind of has overshadowed Ethan Page's debut and oh yeah, his Dynamite debut. That is. So yeah, it, it didn't didn't really like. This was probably like the weakest thing on the show, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I suppose so. Um, I watched the Fight TV one, which didn't have those issues. Uh, my my only thing about Ethan is that he didn't really get a chance to show how great he is because he's mm-hmm. such a great promo guy as well. But the all ego gimmick and then, you know, doing stuff like scoop slams. I don't know. I, w- I would be scared. I think he, Ethan Page is amazing, but he's also in the same company as MJF. And I think it's very difficult. Sometimes what's that? I'm trying to I'm trying to do this in a non douchebaggy way. I think there's a danger that people would look on Ethan Page as a lesser MJF. So I yeah. think Page has to has to sort of take that into consideration in, in how he presents himself and his gimmick. Yeah. And from Ethan Page to Hangman Page, who gets interviewed by Alex Marvez. He's bought a lawnmower, which is a lovely, you know, it's a very Dark Order uh, thing to do. And then the rest of the Dark Order run down and they all jump on there to, to celebrate with him because he's got this big ride on lawnmower. Five can't get on because there's a weight limit. And they weren't wrong <laughs> as well, because when they rode off, it did go whoop, a little bit in the back. I was like, Cold, the nearly job. fell off. I was like, it's a good job the five didn't get on, really. Um, so it was all all cute stuff. Yeah, that was good. Uh, now, here we go. And from Hangman Page to Christian Cage. It's, a, it's like a Dr. Zeus book. <laughs> Tony Schiavone came out to do an interview with Christian Cage, but out come Kenny Omega and the Super Elite to take that time. And this is where they come down and cut this awesome promo, like Luke said earlier, on how Don Callis... Like, you know, maybe we did. I can't confirm or deny whether we did a dud bomb. But I tell you this, it took we took immense pleasure in taking that away from you. Immense pleasure in taking John's heroic offset away from you. Yeah. And Kingston's redemption. It was just such a great way to turn all of that genuine upset and frustration that we had, genuine real, you know, shoot anger at the situation, and, and funnel that into a kayfabe reason. So they, they've done this un- unbelievable trick of taking real life heat and redirecting it towards a character. Yeah, he essentially said in this, you paid good money to buy a pay-per-view to see an explosion that we were never going to give you in the first place. And we <sighs> love that. Like that was his whole thing. It's just like, as a character, it's like, and absolutely we got off on watching you get mad about it. 
which I think is a really like that's a, a smart thing to do, as you say, to kind of funnel that heat into kind of character heat. So I think that's a, a really, really good thing to do. And then Eddie Kingston comes out, doesn't say anything. And Callus cuts this promo on him. And it was so good because it's like, oh, look, there's a reason why I fired you from Impact Wrestling. It's because you're always that guy that, you know, just when he's on the precipice of being something great, you're always going to mess it up. And what do you do on Sunday? You're on that precipice and you just messed it up again because that's what you do, Eddie. This is why I had to fire you from Impact Wrestling. And then... They were like, and now I'm going to give you 10 seconds to get out of this ring before we kick your ass. Oh no, there's a timer on the screen. Oh dear, now what are you going to do? And Kenny jumps to the mat and says, Don, 69 me. And Don Callis jumps on there and Gallows and Anderson be like, oh no, what do we do? It was such, it was so great. It was such a great way to like kind of poke fun at yourself. Or not like just poking fun at yourself, but also like acknowledging the mistake, but at the same time making it part of a character, I think was was really great. What I find, there's so many reasons to be impressed with the sleight of hand they've done here. Like they really have taken chicken, chicken S word and presented chicken salad. I don't like chicken salad. It's a bad analogy, but <laughs> they, it's, they were very funny. The heels were incredibly funny here. When Kenny was like, north-south position, 69 me done, 69 me. I was really, I was, I was very, it was very funny. I was laughing a lot, laughing out loud genuinely. Not just a lol, a laugh out loud genuinely. But it didn't, all the time with heels, you start to go, oh, they're, they're actually the cooler one in this situation because mm -hmm. they can be bad guys, it is cool. But I'm so emotionally invested in Eddie and John that it did actually annoy me on behalf yeah. of Kingston. Oh, yeah, I absolutely. And they get into this big brawl and um, John Moxley, you know, comes down and they brawl, but they specifically brawl with the Good Brothers. And then Christian Cage comes down and he has the stare off with Kenny Omega, nearly hits the unprettier and in the end sort of like picks up the world title to sort of hand it to him. And I... <clears throat> so... On Revolution, someone sent in a hyper chat saying, "Like, what if uh, Christian Cage is Kenny's next, um, uh, you know, next world championship thing?" And I was like, "Oh, that's not what I would do because I think it's bad optics in terms of like you've yeah. already got a lot of people saying like, oh, you just pushed the XWWE guys.' A lot of people were a bit down on Christian Cage because it wasn't CM Punk, so people were like it shouldn't be. You know, Christian Cage is a bit of a letdown. We've actually got like Patreon messages for the mailbag tomorrow. People being like super let down because uh, I don't think he is a Hall of Fame worthy talent. So I think they overhyped it." So for them to him to be in the world title picture with Kenny, I don't think is, I, I, it's certainly not what I would have done. And I was thinking about, I was like, well, why is, because I love Christian, right? And I love, you know, and I'm really excited to see this. It's not what I would have done, but yeah, at the same time, I'm kind of, I want to see a Christian versus Kenny Omega match. I think that Canadian power, like I, I think that would be a, a really fun match. So why aren't I that hyped for it? <clears throat> and it's because I'm so invested in Kingston and Moxley. Mm hmm they're the people I want to see facing off Kenny Omega. They're the people I want to see getting their revenge on Kenny. So for me, like Christian is almost like a stepping stone to to kind of like, you know, maybe space out the, the Kingston uh, Omega match or the Kingston Moxie, whatever you're going to do. So that's kind of, I think, why I'm less like enthused about the Christian Cage thing than I probably should be, because I think it's going to be a great match and probably be a really great feud. I'm just so invested in the other storyline. Right? Like, does that make sense? 
Yeah, yeah, and I think you're totally on the money. I would just add to it that it's for the if this ends up being for the title, if we get Kenny versus Christian for the title, it's you know that's the that's not the best way to use legends. Uh, maybe they can make it work though. Christian's whole gimmick is always based around one more match. Give me one more match. You know, I could see where you know we've got Good Brothers versus Mox and Kingston next week. Yes, please. I cannot mm-hmm. wait. For cannot that. wait for that. And I feel like you can spin out of that into into a trios match, six man tag. Christian Moxley, Kingston versus the Super Elites, and then off the back of that, maybe Christian pins Kenny in that match, and then he's like, after that, he goes, "Now I want a shot at that." If that's just like a a one off TV mm-hmm. special title match, we get out of that. I think that's a really good story. But I'm, I totally agree with you. If Kenny and Christian is the overall focus now, that's a mistake. Yeah, if that if that's your double or nothing feud, I, I I don't think that's as hot. I mean, maybe it could do, but it's certainly not as hot as as Kingston and Moxley right now. Mm. So, I yeah, I agree with you. If it's a TV match thing, if it's a TV feud, totally on board. Like to build a big TV special, and knowing AEW, that'll be in two weeks' time because they bloody love doing TV. There's one next week, guys. There's another TV special <laughs> next week. It's like St. Patrick's Day Slam or something. Um, so I, I'm totally fine with it being there. But if it if it's a double or nothing feud, I think that will be that's that for me is a mistake. After that, we got the six woman tag between Shida Mizunami and Rosa versus Nyla Rose. Uh, I've said Nyla Rosa there in my notes. Britt Baker and Mackie Ito, my twin. Uh, in in a really, I you know, this was a really fun match. I, I love this style. It's very house show. It's very fun. But at the same time, whoever's in the ring, they can switch it up. So if Thunder Rose is in the ring, suddenly it's serious. Mizunami can go between both goofy and serious. Uh, Ito is just, you know, 100% wacky. Uh, but I have seen a lot of people... Uh, message me privately and publicly being like oh, i hate this what are they doing with their women's division really oh wow yeah, that's they're interesting like, mm, they did for whatever reason that this isn't they don't like this they see this as the joshi wrestlers they don't like that style they find it too mm-hmm. campy and it is it's not for everyone i love it though uh and also it's just a mishmash of chuck all the women in there whereas i look at it and i'm like ah I really like that the women are getting to have fun matches like this. Yeah. And these matches have purpose, which is what I really appreciate about this. And this match has spun off from another match that had purpose at the pay-per-view. Like, well, actually, wouldn't feel like it had purpose, but then it got purpose off the back of it. Um, and, you know, from the, the Mackie Ito debut. And I, I yeah, I'm, I really like this. And now it's spinning off into a match next week. And one of the things that I've, I've seen a few people say, which I completely agree with, Next week, the main event of the show is Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa in a lights out unsanctioned match. And it doesn't feel like, oh, we we haven't had a women's main event, so we really should have one at some point. This feels like it's the main event because it should be the main event of the show. Mm-hmm. Like on, a, on a card that has got Cody versus Penta, that has got Mox and Kingston versus the Good Brothers. Yeah, mm-hmm. I look at Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa and I'm like, yeah, no, that does feel like it should be the main event of the show. 
so I, I think there's a lot to like about this. I'm, but from the Joshi side of things, I, I I totally get it because I think when AEW first started, and there was a lot of focus on the Joshi wrestlers then. We got messages from people who didn't like it then either. So I guess that now it's back and it's sort of moving. It's, you know, it's now a mix of the Western and Eastern styles that they are, you know, they're less into the Eastern side of things and they prefer the more Western approach to this. On the match next week, it's an unsanctioned match. I don't know if there's been an angle strong enough to to make it an unsanctioned match. Uh, like, you know, that felt pretty special when Omega and Moxie did it. That's the only other one that's been so far. I don't know why well, AEW was, wouldn't sanction one. it. There was another one. They, Moxley, one? Janela, Moxley Janela was also lights out unsanctioned. Oh, yeah. The first one they had. Okay. Mm. I, well, and also as well, like this has been a, a few that has been building for months now. So, like, you know, they've done a lot of angles on TV. So I don't think it's, like, out of nowhere to be, you know, this an unsanctioned, brutal match. Well, yeah, well, it'll undoubtedly be good. And it's great that they're finally getting the main event spot. Uh, after that, we got Matt Hardy backstage uh, talking about how much he hates the Dark Order. And he signed the Butcher, the Blade and the Bunny to his little management firm with Private Party. It, this was clunky. Mm-hmm. Because was. Eddie Kingston's whole thing was like, we're a family. We're, t- we're, you know, I love you all like brothers. And then as soon as Pat came back, Phoenix and Penta are off. As soon as Kingston finds another brother, he's like, ah, see you later. So I would have, I would have liked like, this wasn't a neat tie-up of a former storyline. No, I'd have liked to have seen a a segment with Kingston, Butcher and Blade to explain why they are sort of like, you know, if it, if Butcher and Blade were being like, we don't like you hanging out with Moxley, we like we don't think that's that's not what we got together for. Just as a way to kind of explain them yeah. breaking off. Because at the moment, it just feels like Butcher and Blade are just this group that just sort of bounces around from like faction to faction. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't make them feel particularly special, which is a shame because one of them is, oh, Butcher. <laughs> Yeah, he deserves so much more. And the main event, sorry, not the main event, but the, the last thing we'll talk about because we've covered the War Council is Scott B.R. Sky versus Darby Allen for the TNT title in the special zone of the Revolution Gold Ring. This was a really solid match. Really enjoyed it. Uh, Sky is very impressive. Darby's selling was great. Sky hit these two incredible counters. A, a, a dive outside from Darby, a tope into a cutter and then a coffin drop just just jr called it beautiful i was like it freaking is this is like a really satisfying dance move mm-hmm. a coffin drop that scorpio sky jumps up and just power bombs him sit down power bombs him a lovely counter in the end sky just got rolled up though and he turned heel afterwards by getting darby's injured leg into the heel hook yeah, it was good stuff. I really enjoyed the match. The cutter reversal was amazing, as was the coffin drop one. But yeah, really, really fun match. Um, yeah, you know, that's, that's really all I've got to say about it. it. Was it was sort of really fun? Yeah, I think that's the that's the problem with Sky in that you always want more for him, and because he's so great. But you know, these are two TNT title matches he's had now uh, against Cody and against Derby. And they've never really had a big storyline build between, but like for them, it's you know this was a matter of a few days after the Revolution win, and he was like the least favorite to win out of all the guys there. Not in a like wow underdog way, in sort of a oh it's Scorpio Sky kind of way. Yeah. So I, I don't really know where Scorpio goes from here with the heel gimmick. 
And I think like for me, the thing with Sky is that all of the stuff that he does in this company is on Dark. So if you're mm -hmm. not watching Dark, then you're not seeing this character progression for him. So as a Dynamite viewer, all I'm seeing is this guy that has just had a handful of matches, you know, and it's two TNT title matches that both of which were very good, but neither of which I was invested in him as the challenger because all of the stuff that they're doing character-wise is on another show that, I've, that I'm not watching. And it's, you know, Tony Khan has addressed this before where, the, you know, they built the Hikaru Shida Nyla Rose match for full year, like all on Dark. And Tony was like, oh, yeah, sorry about that. Like, I know that not everyone watches Dark. I can literally look at numbers and see that, like, a, a portion of my audience for Dynamite watches Dark. I should really do more of this on Dynamite. And then he never does. And it's all still on Dark. So I don't know, man. Like, it's, it's nothing against Sky as a performer i'm sure that he's doing amazing work on dark it's just i'm not seeing it so i can't then get invested in the matches and i don't think that should then be put on me for not watching dark yeah it's not our fault <laughs> overall i would give i gave this a five out of five because i was blown away by the war council stuff uh i thought i'm very excited about aw's immediate future and the way they covered for the explosion was just just superb. Yeah, I mean, I, I absolutely love this show. My only quibbles really against it were about the Christian Cage thing, but it's not like it's uh, it's not terrible. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure they're going to have a really great match. And everyone was in line with you, Mr. Davis. Look at this. 52% of the vote Whoa. called this a 5 out of 5 perfect show with 32% thinking it was a 4 out of 5 uh, awesome show. And yeah, look, like, you know, 3 out of 5, 2 out of 5, <laughs> very, very low down the pecking order then. So people absolutely loved this episode of Dynamite. Okay, let's do our last call for the the Omega Chats. Good grief, so many. Thank you again. Uh, but now, let's thank our wonderful... Oh, by the way, Parts of Unknown. Go and subscribe mm -hmm. to Parts of Unknown. That Lucha Masks Explained video will be out there tomorrow. Thank you to our wonderful $25 a month or more pledge hammers on Patreon. My Immortal is my favourite song, Mashy. Dot 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 dive. Dylan Cachetta. The intellectual savior of the masses, Damien. The vision, Adonis. The monster among Patreons, Brian Strowman. Robocop. Former star athlete, now head coach Lendell Branson. Michael Jensen Radio. The real boss, Matt Robinson. Tower of London, Nigel Morris. How do you like them apples, Marcel Dura? And finally, for this Hall of Fame class on the 11th of March 2021, Robin Banks, Lee Roberts. Uh, we will be reviewing. Uh, Wrestles, uh, sorry, WrestleMania, they call it Wrestle, then WrestleMania 19. Very, very soon. It'll be out next week for our $5 and above Patreon Pledge Hammers. Really, really excited to rewatch that show. I've actually watched the first hour of it and I'm having a lot of fun because Limbiskit do a really long performance. <laughs> can you get that picture back up, please? I can do. What are you looking at? That is 
AEW's future roster. <laughs> End of 2022, mark my words. Powerpackers90 says, Fear the revelation equals FTR. Revelations equals the Four Horsemen. Mm. That's a very good point. It's probably in the works for a long, long time. JMC2909. Remember MJF and Sean Spears gambling together last year? Feel so bad for Ethan Page. Yeah, the audio issues I think really took away from his match. Zachary Jenkins. Hey guys, when the MJF in a circle war is over, do you think we will get a Christian and Jericho vitamin C reunion? Only if we can bring Trisha and Lisa into it as well. That's the only <laughs> way this will work. DJ Desmond. Hey gang, loving the gimmicks you all have. Luke is a polite stone cold. Ollie is a filthy weeb. And Andy, who is a totally not a porn addict. He's totally not. Uh, totally question. Not. Do you... Do you think Scorpio Sky is affiliated with MJF? And if not, do you think Sky will join a different faction? I don't think he's affiliated with MJF. I don't think there's anything... I mean, I was about to say there's no signs pointing towards that, but then maybe there are signs that I'm just not seeing. He's an SCU, kind of, right? Mm. Uh, I don't think MJF's faction should have any more members. Six is enough. Myron Speed, MJF's faction should be the inner circle to get over JR, getting the name wrong every week. The inner circle. Uh, Scorpio's heel turn would have been so much more effective if it hadn't been teased last week. After all, it's not like they recap whatever he's been doing on Dark. I'll be honest with you, I thought he was a heel because he was acting like a heel on commentary last week. So I always thought he was. I, th I just assumed he was. Per CSM, the Seven Seals is what comes after the Horsemen in Revelations, although that would need a seventh man. It was interesting. Jericho did say that he was like teasing a new member of the Inner Circle mm. before, you know, Sammy came out. And of course, you know, he was going to make the reveal to be Sammy. I don't know. So maybe there'll be more members to join at some point. Matthew Robinson, wow, MJF faction against the Inner Circle is simply great because AEW has wanted to cheer them as baby faces and now they get it. This will work to a great degree. Mm-hmm, agreed. They already sing his entrance music. RP Degnan, in relation to this being in the last few days, Chris's words were, do you really think we don't talk to each other every day? We were waiting for you to hang yourself. Based on last night, uh... I see new inner circle, inner circle. You all along, even though the Sammy stuff. I know I disagree. Like that is again. I think it's all in the last sort of seven days and stuff. Uh, yeah. I, I don't think we could say that they knew for months on end that MJF was telling them. I don't think. I think they had their suspicions. Oh yeah, of but course. I think they gave them the benefit of the doubt. Like they've always voiced their suspicions. That's why there's been so many, you know, like peacekeeping moments or you know those yeah. other segments. Uh, Paul Kerr, shock horror. The bookers that turn the spooky perverts into the most overfaced stable in wrestling managed to course correct something as accidentally hilarious as the Shockmaster. I'd have never guessed. Top show, five out of five. That's how you bounce back. Like Alan Partridge, people bounce back. Or to quote the former QPR manager Ian oh, Holloway, mm. great bounce back ability. <laughs> High Plane Drifter Great to see Moxley and Kingston To even the odds against Omega and the Good Brothers They might need one more drinking buddy An anxious millennial cowboy perhaps I think it's going to be Christian Also Penta to write off Cody With the arm break spot from Lucha Underground 
yeah yeah that's it yeah an impact wrestling 100 yeah i think uh they've kind of got it like you said with christian cage uh page is very much tied up with the um uh dark order mm. Fran Chili, uh, Christian versus Omega wasn't something I was looking forward to, but considering Kenny might have an Impact title to feud over, it could be great. Also, Mox is the reason why Christian signed. Makes makes sense. Christian could have aligned himself with him and Eddie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you can certainly turn that into a storyline purpose. Yeah. Ben Morris, seen as how I assume AEW has continued with the original plan of putting Butcher and the Blade with Big Money Matt, as Kingston would have been written off for a while also, do you think they will try fix it by blowing them up next week? I don't think so. I think we'll probably get a real big beatdown uh, angle next week with uh, the Good Brothers and perhaps with Omega as well. Um, Charlie Davis, hello lads. It's been a a little bit since I could tune in, but I hope you're doing well. I love the parallels between Kenny and Eddie that they showed last night. Kenny used to draw strength from friendship. Now we can't even see why Eddie would try and save Mox. Oh, that's lovely. I love that. That's, that's very That's really nice. good, Charlie. Uh, Justin Anza do and Anzalda Senior. AEW should not worry about addressing the end of revolution. Just let WWE's terrible booking make us forget all about it. Hashtag Jam That Jam. Hashtag Do You Smell What The Chop Is Cooking? I think they had to address it. I think people would have been super mad if they hadn't. They're held to a different standard. Matthew McFadden. Last night we got Kenny Omega shouting at Don Callis to 69 him while flanked by phallus experts, the Good Brothers. Then getting into said position on live TV, all in order to explain to us why a bomb didn't properly explode under a ring. I love wrestling. It is a weird, weird place. It's a weird, weird thing. Your garbage mate. Omega garbage collects mates. all the your garbage mate. Omega collects all the belts when he wins the impact title. This leads to a Ibushi versus Omega, where the original Bullet Club cost Kenny the belt. They beat down the OG elite, but the numbers are too much for them. Then Mox comes down to save the elite and joins the original Bullet Club. That's a lot in there that I'm not sure I completely followed. <laughs> Why would Mox save the elite and then join the original Bullet Club? Also, I'd, I'm not into Bullet Club Wars. No. I mean, it was cool the first time they did it, like when they had like all of the Kenny Cody stuff back in New Japan. Was but it? you went into it then. Yeah, I was going to say, I just remember then you weren't into it at that point either. Yeah. yeah I like the Bullet Club being friends. <laughs> and the Gloving AF. Hi, guys. I thought this episode was the best since its existence. I th The fact that we say that every other week, it just shows mm. how, you know, maybe, maybe I am right. <laughs> Disco Inferno. Disco Inferno. <laughs> I think Eddie. I think Eddie saved face as best he could, as well as Kenny. I thought the matches were great, and the new storylines got me hooked. I didn't see the swerve at the end either. Yeah, me neither. Did not see the new faction coming. I don't think anyone did. Patrick Kaniski. I won't lie. I've been nervous all week about this promo for the uh, barbed wire death match. And I will say that once again, AEW delivered. I couldn't help but smile at Eddie's promo and Kenny yelling 69 me in the middle of the ring, even in defeat, AEW wins. Um, I did want to say, actually, we I got a message from someone. Um, so uh, from Stephen Zutich, actually, we haven't heard from him in this podcast in ages. He used to get in touch with us a, a heck of a lot um, a few years ago. He sent me a tweet today. This is a text message exchange that he had with a friend six months ago where he said, um, I love that Tully has dropped Spears. But spoiler alert, my prediction, Spears helps them start the Four Horsemen with MJF to end the show. He made that prediction back in September 2020. 
Well, well played. Uh, Spider65, first time Omega chat. I look forward to this podcast every Thursday. Thank you. A women's main event next week. The match should be killer. Kenny versus Eddie feud. Yes. Kenny versus Christian feud. No. Or do you think it'll be more of a three-on-three feud? Yeah, for me, as we said it before, like if it's Christian versus Kenny as a TV thing, um, to, to, if it's a double or nothing feud, I think that's when I'll be like, no thanks. I think we'll get all of those feuds. Mm-hmm. And oh, I yeah. think they should do those feuds. It's just how they're treated. Uh, Chili, Chill Smith. Sup, guys. Long list, long-time listener and fan. Favorite wrestling news channel out there? Thumbs up emoji. How would you feel if AEW had a tag match with Mox and Eddie and after the match, they got blown up for AEW to try to make up for what happened at Revolution? Yeah, I, I'm. you know, a few people are making the suggestion that they could do the... Uh just redo an explosion or do a different explosion do you, I, I don't know man how would you feel if they just did the explosion but again i guess i mean i knee jack reaction I, I i don't think it's a good idea but kingston's involved so yeah he'll make it work <laughs> uh blind raw 69 me don kenny yowie wowie omega <laughs> What a solid episode of Dynamite. Big reset button. Can't wait to see how things develop over the next 11 weeks. Some storylines might end before that, but everything here feels big. Also, women's main event next week. Cannot wait for that match. Actually, I mean, I cannot wait for next week's show. Next week's show is stacked, and I love it. Can I hot tag to you? Of course. I was waiting for you to hot tag me, man. You were starting to struggle there. Matthew Robinson, this is a five out of five show. John Moxley exploding barbed wire match. And all I got was this t-shirt, pure magic. What do you think of him and Eddie now that Eddie uh, is without his family? Love him as a team. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's a shame they didn't tie up the family bit a bit more, though. Sorry, I think they're just teasing us with the uh, carrot of Christian versus Kenny Omega. It will happen eventually it's an easy way to get him involved in a storyline of matches with moxley and eddie and the good brothers and kenny or something it is aew after all my thoughts exactly yeah good dharma who is the cutest in the world ollie chan kawaii that kawaii aew five out of five kingston and omega is so kimochi uh hello luke senpai hello ollie chan thanks for the amazing content how not so how can you not love aew when they're so honest with us yeah Dry chicken without flavor. I will give AEW credit for finding a new way to rebound. Whenever there's a mistake or botch, I'm glad they listen to their audience. Uh, Seth Morgan. Hey, Luke and Ollie. This is my first ever Omega chat. I've been watching y'all since 2017 and have been a huge fan. What are your opinions on the potential Omega winning the Impact title? I bloody love it. I mean, this is what we had as our predictions at the start of the year, is that Impact will be the first world title that he wins to add to his already collecting of the world belts. I can't wait for it. Um, Tim and uh, Tim and Timia. Uh, prediction for next week: Mox drives off with Eddie after the show in Jericho's car, and it blows up. Yeah, uh, it's different. I like think I mean, in a realistic way to do it. That's exactly like an exploding ring is one thing, but if you blow up someone in a car, that's like, oh, they're dead. Like, there's no coming. <laughs> back. If, if they blown up in a wrestling ring, I'd be like, cool, they, yeah, they can come back from that. Blowing up in a car is a very different thing. Uh, Mark Andre, do you think that Kota Ibushi gets jealous of Don and Kenny 69? Mm, golden lovers. Spider 65, knocked out by Eddie and then running away from Christian while leaving the belt in the ring. I think they are weakening Kenny's character a little too much lately. What do you think? 
Oh, I, I disagree. I think that's that's brilliant. I loved how much Kenny was completely out after that punch. That's classic heel comeuppance. He was a total yeah. dick there, and the babyface laid him out. Uh, and if he ran away and he didn't have anything to back it up, that's when you get into Miz territory. But I know he can. He's the best wrestler in the world. So yeah, him was, running away just Callis. makes me more annoyed at him. And it's Don Callis dragging him away as well while he's mouthing <clears> off, knowing that like now is not the time to be having this fight. I don't think I don't think it hurts the character. Uh, O'Sheen Donnelly, like I said on Monday's review, if ever there was a company I trust to pivot from Sunday's disaster, it's AEW. It's not perfect, but they're moving on into an even more interesting story with Mox and Kingston now on the same page. So many possibilities. Brett J. Rasmussen, what a Herculean task AEW had to explain the dud from Revolution, having Eddie just do a great promo and then using the Super Elite to get heat, uh, to use it for a feud and turning it into an angle with Christian and so on. What an episode of AEW. And dried chicken without flavor. Kenny Omega is going to start hearing Drake's voice in his head playing, I got enemies, got a lot of enemies, got to grab people trying to drain me of my energy. Is that Drake Maverick? Did he release a single? Yeah, I think so. Uh, oh, cool! It's 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 a rap song, right? Yeah, I mean that sounds like the sort of thing that Drake Maverick would have done. Yeah, he's a man of mm. many talents and mm. great suits. On the subject of Maki Ito, Eduardo Surens said, "I think we all need more Maki Ito in our lives. She is awesome." Also, do you guys remember when Cody was the hottest thing in wrestling? Maybe if he sticks just in one storyline, he can go back to being the Cody that we love to watch. Keep up the good work, guys. Yeah, he's been spread a little thin, hasn't he? Yeah, I agree. But that's the role he's doing right now, I think. That's a deliberate decision. He's stepping back a bit. Montblanc1989, hello all. Personally, I could care less about the botched explosion, but I will say thank you, AEW, for underhyping and then over-delivering Maki Ito to us. I was dying laughing when they stopped the music, but she kept going, showbiz, baby. Yeah, we didn't talk about that, but yeah, she was singing during the entrance, and then the baby faces ran down to attack um, Britt Baker and Nyla Rose. Maki Ito just carried on singing. It was wonderful. <laughs> Spider 65, Maki needs to stop bopping people to their head and really let loose. She isn't going to hurt anyone. So far, her charisma is making up for her weak striking skills. MJF action is like the red wedding of AEW. <laughs> That's a great comparison. Yeah, I think, you know, Ito, she's, she's not of the sort of in-ring level of everyone else there but i think you know charisma is so much i, I barely see it yeah well tuck well uh, can we get maki ito singing progressively longer each time eventually <laughs> all the way through a match and then into an ad break and then into the next yes. segments uh, matthew robinson gotta love the beginning of a real women's division let the japanese girls fight so they are entertaining that is what the division needs omg maki sticking to our entrance song no matter what they really have something great here what do you guys think obviously absolutely love it caleb maldonado if maki ito is everything and el fakador is everything does that make them the greatest power duo ever you get out of get off my turf fakador it's the also she She's there's only one person from Rest Talk that she follows on Twitter. It's this guy right here. Oh, wait, wait let me check. Let yeah, me you check. need to give it a little update. Did she did has she followed you back on Twitter now? She hasn't yet followed me oh, back. But I did follow that. her. It's late in no, it's early. It's early in the States. Yeah. We'll She's see. probably getting a lot of notifications. So, mm, you know, maybe it just mm, sort of slips mm. through. Um uh, not the important people. Do you want me obviously. to take over? 
Oh, no, I, I'll Neither run it, mate. Pal- it's fine. You're, 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 you're a tired little bunny. I'll, I'll sort this out for you, mate. Uh, Michael Pellegrini says, On Sunday, Dark Order literally had Hangman Page's back. He just wants people to like him, but doesn't believe anyone does. Cannot wait for a full crowd to cheer him because a year into this pandemic and he's still the most over person in AEW by some margin. Yeah, I cannot wait for the full crowds to be back for Hangman. Sarah Sullivan, the Hangman and Dark Order storyline is so gripping. I actually teared up at Hangman being happy with newfound friends. Hangman is not only super hot, he's incredibly relatable and should be protected <laughs> at all times. And hi to my boyfriend, Gar, who is also a fan. Hi there, Gar. He's so hot. <laughs> so hot right Hangman now. Hangman Page is so hot right now. Christopher Jazzcat seeing Hangman on his lawnmower going for ice cream with the Dark Order was the beginning of the Hangman's nice day storyline we've all been clamoring for. While Christian is great for AEW, keep him away from the title unless it's a bit TNA. It's a shame because like, nice TNA see you back, was... Jazzcat. Yeah, and let's not let's not badmouth TNA here. It made sense when he was the TNA like the top guy in TNA because we all wanted it. Um, William Gossett, it's not one-to-one, but Hangman with the Dark Order is giving me Simone with Simone, Simba with Simone and Pumba vibes. <laughs> Can't wait till he returns to take the throne. Kenny mocking the emotional friendship the Hangman is just forming with the Dark Order is perfect. Oh, yeah, I didn't think of that because it would be like the cool jocks, or cool jocks, making fun of Hangman and these like weird drama friends that he's made. <laughs> weird drama friends, I love that. <laughs> Um, my throat hurts a little bit now. Can you take over? Sure. Mark andre Sear. I just really don't care about Christian fighting for the world championship. I guess it can still be good. Let, let's see how they tell the story. I think they could make it work, but yeah, not, not, as, a, not as a huge program. Dr. Doom. I really don't want to see Christian in the title belt picture. I got mad at WWE for doing the same thing. Older guy going for the big belt instead of a younger guy. And it's fair I get mad at AEW for doing it too completely agree yeah. uh bacon rasher hi lads omega versus christian cage was a match i never knew i wanted sort of a dream match for me and it's not like christian will win just a bit of a filler and a match i will look forward to i mean if former wwe guy rich swan can then christian can jam that jam yeah it's weird how <laughs> rich swan doesn't get those same optics isn't it of being a former right. wwe guy yeah but christian is a, a veteran who's someone he's He's got the part-timer vibe, even though he's not a part-timer, you know? Uh, to me, he's Kratz. not. A, to me, he's a former TNA guy. That's, that's how I'll always see him. That's, that's my... Because he went back to WWE and did smeg all apart from that world title win. Like, I'm not counting ECW, because no one does. New Punk rants. Also, why is it so bad that AEW signs former WWE guys and uses them correctly when 90-plus percent of WWE roster are established in the TNA Ring of Honor, and other talents. A lot of AEW's roster is homegrown. It's a dumb argument from WWE fans. Hashtag free the juice. It's because WWE is the biggest game. Like every, like uh, wrestlers, a lot of wrestlers will tell you the end goal is always WWE. So going to WWE doesn't make you an ex-ROH guy. It just makes you now a WWE guy. Like that's, that's just kind of the way the wrestling world works. I think there's also just like people want an alternative. And that alternative is an anti-WWE. And I, I can empathize with people who get frustrated with all of these WWE guys turning up. Uh, Matthew Robinson. Do you guys think that Christian Cage should be in the AEW title picture? I think he should do the outwork routine and build up to that at best. Yeah, it's, yeah I think 
I wouldn't, yeah, putting him straight into a tile feud. I think we've said quite a lot on this, but yeah, putting him straight into a world tile feud is not what I would have done. Uh, Phil Roberts, stick question in the main event. Maybe Kenny goads him, uh, believing him to be washed up, have him look surprisingly amazing in defeat. So we go, bloody hell, he's still got it. Then he can get to putting people as a big name uh, over who's still great. That, that's mm. the exact way I think they'll do it because that's the correct way, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Real BITW15. If Christian beats Kenny for the title, I will never watch anything Tony Khan's involved with again. I won't even watch a Jaguars game. Forget AEW. I think oh, you're I'll, safe. I'll see you the week after as well. <laughs> Anonymous. What What about Christian turning heel and joining Omega? Also, is PFK the fun part of Wrestle Talk, like NXT to WWE? No, we're all NXT. We're all fun. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and I'm not into Christian turning heel and joining Omega either. I don't think that's the time to do that. Yeah, it, it doesn't lean into that sort of bullet club context either, which makes the Super Elite work so well. Riddick Wolf, afternoon chaps. Truly great AEW last night. Moxley and Kingston were two guys in a buddy cop movie like Lethal Weapon. I never knew I wanted to see. That's a great description. Penta has enough charisma to sink a battleship. Excited for Sting Archer, the promos between Sting and Jake. I mean, you say the promos, but Sting never cuts promos because they just keep getting interrupted. So there'll be no promos between Sting and Jake. And it was Lance who did the promo here. Uh, start recording. Do you guys think that AEW would ever have a Cesaro situation where they never seem to push a guy to the world title scene in a singles match, just like WWE does with Cesaro? Sean Spears so far would be the guy for me, but AEW does seem vastly different. Uh, I, think this I is... don't think everyone should get a shot at the, AEW, the world title. Yeah, and I, I don't think like Cesaro is on a completely <clears throat> different level to Sean Spears. Like when Sean Spears going into AW, I don't think anyone looked at him and was like, oh, he should be in the world title picture. But someone like a Cesaro is someone like from day one, you're like, why isn't he in the world title picture? Because he literally has it all. Uh, Miro, I would say, is probably yeah, the Miro, best Miro example of that one. right now. Yeah, absolutely. Matthew Mikowski. Well, that was an explosive ending, and the entire show was just awesome. Set up things for the future, and on another note, NXT was awesome. We can enjoy both shows. <laughs> Finally getting Balor versus Cross, EO versus Raquel, and Cole versus Kyle. Can't wait to see what happens next. Banger shows. It's great. I'm really looking forward to that two-night takeover as well. That should be really fun. Kamel Arif. Can you imagine if it was Shane McMahon who had to explain why the explosions didn't go off? It'll take two hours. Also, if I was a wrestler in AEW, I would be terrified of MJF's new faction, Super Villains Unite. <laughs> That's why I like the name of the Sinister Six, because that, you know, it was like all the heels coming together to take down Spider-Man. Uh, Jeremy Ballman. Paul White comes to AEW and is already making an impact. He showed Lance Archer how easy it is to go from face to heel for no reason at all. That's very nice. Although I don't think like Lance was never a babyface. He was just teaming with babyfaces. He's just Lance. Uh, Leon Quashi. Wow. What a mark this Mr. Davis is. He's hooked up on that Kawaii Kankoin. Kankoin is such a funny joke. I read that in a in a comment. Oh, you're on that Kankoin again. That's very good. It was a great show, though. Loved MJF's turn. Moxley and Kingston can salvage anything. Maybe even my crippling depression. Ha uh ha. -huh. Just, just joking, Un unless Leon, come on, Leon, we've got you. We've got you together. Uh, 
Oathkeeper65, remember when AEW was lacking heels after the Dark Order turned? I guess the solution was losing even more with the Inner Circle turning face too. Also, that 69 thing was effing stupid, and I guess that's the point of Omega now, to be an annoying heel. Yeah, absolutely. I honestly think that um, that Tony Khan comment of like, oh, we've got too many heels now. It was almost done there to be like, so it would make think that, oh, but they won't introduce a heel faction then. That would be a really weird thing to do. It's misdirect. working us. And New Punk rants, Mackie is love. Ito is life. But I'm so glad I didn't turn on AEW after Sunday. I like how they made it canon. Kenny, Eddie and Mox are geniuses. Can't wait for Brit versus Rosa. I love AEW so much. Gonna rewatch Revolution. Hashtag bring back the juice. Yeah, we don't need to give credit to Tony and all of that as well. Not just Kenny, Eddie and Mox. Uh, Dylan TV. So Pet and Don Callis. Uh, mm. Dylan TV. So Penta is heel now. Is he still part of the face death triangle? I haven't seen them together in a while either. I don't I, think they're heels. I was going to say, I don't think death triangle were heels. Yeah, they're just yeah. death triangle. Mm. That's it's the actual shades of grey. Mike Daniels, if Kaz and Daniels break up when they lose to the Young Bucks, do you think they could just laugh it off and reunite as bad influence or the addiction? <laughs> That'd be so great. Yeah, SU broke up, but here we are. Bad influence. That's so funny. I don't think they're going for that tone, but I now mm. want it to happen, even if it is a heartfelt retirement. Matthew Robinson, Pentagon does a promo and a match with Cody. Yes, please. Do you want to give me a yes, please? Give me a yes, please. Christopher Jazzcat, can we talk a bit more about Phoenix? To me, he is the standout in Death Triangle. He has a ton of charisma and does a lot of little things in these matches to get people invested. Give him a title shot. Ollie is kawaii, but does he simp for Makiito? No. Do you? No. We should I do not simp for no one. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't follow me. I would if I did. Um, uh, oh, and can we talk about Phoenix a little bit more? I have been. I have been for a year. Yeah, and no one was listening. <clears throat> Matthew Robinson, do you guys think that a last Sting feud is needed? I mean, I didn't until like I saw it, and then I was like, oh yeah, no, that is something I want, actually, yeah. Yeah, especially with the Jake involvement. Black Adam, how did two flipping pile drivers did not put Phoenix away, but one regular one put Matt away? Lol, I love the match, but these Canadian destroyer transitions break my heart. It's just a move now. You know, there was a period of time where the DDT was a finishing move, and now it's just a transitional move. These, these things happen in wrestling. It's an Irish whip. That's all it is yeah. now. It's an Irish mm -hmm. whip. James Hanley. Hey, guys, I'm in a meeting. Uh, we'll miss today's show. I just wanted to say that last night was a fantastic episode with the perfect twist. Also, my wife also said that they should forego the new wrestling show for a show just about Moxley and Kingston hanging out. I don't watch reality TV shows, but I would watch that one. Start recording. The Scorpio Sky heel turn really reminds me of Apollo Crews' heel turn as well. Two smiley dudes who seem like they were just about respect but now they're angry and bitter uh, i i don't think there's much comparison there I, I don't think sky's been particularly smiley recently either mm. i just think it's a, a sort of normal heel term yeah i know uh, i agree matthew robinson oh butcher how how could you with money matt how the money's too strong even for a butcher and Nate S. Thought Cody would be Christian's first feud because of that outwork everyone slogan. I believe anything Eddie says because it's all a shoot to him. MJF Swerve was legit jaw-on-the-floor stuff. Even when the lights went out, I had no clue who it would be. 
same dude i had the exact same thing when the lights when i was like i i don't know who this is going to be it totally worked me and i love it matthew robinson this is the best episode of aew since winter is coming derby versus scorpio match oh my god the counters these guys work great with each other yeah it was a great great match Try chicken without flavor. Ugh. Here's my conspiracy theory about the audio issues with Ethan Page and Lee Johnson. It was Don Callis and Impact Racing's fault who was behind the audio issues on the TNT broadcast in America. LOL. If Tony Khan hadn't have basically said, like, yeah, it was TNT's fault, they could have spun it into, yeah, it was Don Callis trying to mess with the former Impact guy. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure that's uh, might might hit a little too close to home given the way Paige left Impact. <laughs> Manny Dua. I was at AEW last night. Uh, such an awesome experience. Also, when are we getting a Simon Miller and WrestleTalk crossover? The Forbidden Door. I mm -hmm. uh, Sawyer says, thinking back to when Butcher and Blade debuted, their original gimmick was a pair of mercenaries. They hi then hired by MJF. So the Hardy stuff sort of makes sense if they're going back to that. But AEW seems to assume the audience remembers that detail. But also, like, you know, Kingston didn't hire Butcher and Blade. He said he brought them into the family because he and, like, Blade go way, way, way back. And, like, so there was, like, this history thing with them. Um, so I think, like, the hired mercenary things just sort of got forgotten about. You're, you're absolutely right. Like, you, it totally could have worked. I think they just needed a backstage segment between Kingston with Butcher and Blade before they went off. And, you could have done the Hardy thing next week. But as far as that, they've got a match next week. Micah Pellegrini. So I know you can say this about the 897 other episodes of Dynamite, but this really might be the episode I show a non-wrestling fan to get them into AEW. I love this show. Ethan Page looks like a star. Cody versus Penta, please. And Kenny looks like a huge dork. I actually disagree with you that. I love the episode, but I think a lot of it comes from having watched AEW a lot because the two big bits of enjoyment are how are they going to recover from Revolution and... The, all the inner circle MJF stuff. Yeah. So you wouldn't get that if you just saw this episode in isolation. However, it's also a good like start, not a good starting point, I suppose, but because it was like, you know, it's the first episode of the reset. So there is some yeah. element of like, it's a good jumping on point, but it's also then you do it to get the full context of things. You need to have seen all this other stuff. Myron Speed, 69 me done. Oh, it's got to be a t-shirt. Disliked Christian going straight into the title picture, but then Makito came out and made it all better. Kawaii, that kawaii. Uh, excited for next week's main event. Hopefully Baker goes on to win the title and become the face of all AEW. I, I think Britt Baker should win the title at double or nothing. Yeah. Brett J. Rasmussen, AEW is so good at taking our own wrestling mark expectations and spinning spinning it on its head. We all thought MJF would take over in a circle, but then they turned on MJF, only for MJF to finish the Four Horsemen faction. So excited for next week's episode. Loved it. Yeah, so, so great. Do you want me to take over Callum, for a bit and finish them off? I'll do this one last one. Callum Vigor, amazing show. Loved Hangman's Lawnmower. Loved Cody and Penta. Loved it to win for Sting. It's a win for Sting. And <laughs> loved, loved, loved 69 Me Don. Kawaii that kawaii. Uh, Trevor Seifert, Hangman and the Dark Order became friends. The first ever six-man tag team champions on a great run. Then Dark Order gives Hangman their blessing to leave. Forfeiting the titles, Hangman goes after <clears throat> Kenny, and Hangman's redemption art is complete thought. I, I don't like them like uh, relinquishing the titles. That's the only thing that I, I wouldn't say about yeah. that. 
Uh, Patrick Cooper last night uh, just showed not only how great AEW is, but how great MJF is. Hoping at least two years he is the AEW champion or the TNT champion. A long title reign is what this jerk of a man deserves. Also, um, like my favorite Godzilla movie, my son is a huge fan. Oh, sorry, Luke, what's your favorite Godzilla movie? My son is a huge fan. I mean, I guess that is. Um, it's my favorite one. Invasion of Astro Monster is one of my faves. Um, the first, uh, actually, Godzilla vs. King Ghidra from 91 is an absolutely banging movie. It's lots of stupid time travel stuff in there. Uh, GMK is great. I also loved, obviously, the original is, is perfect. Mothra vs. Godzilla is an absolutely flawless movie. There's a lot of stuff. Like, I think a lot of the early Showa movies are really great. And I like a lot of stuff in the Hay series because I like the, the look of the movies. The Millennium ones, I'm kind of less keen on. That's but me. 97 it's the it's the roland emmerich 97 one uh dried chicken without flavor christian cage is what creative freedom uh wants that creative freedom in aew uh sarah sullivan said i wasn't a wrestling fan but my little brother was he unfortunately passed away this year oh i'm so sorry to hear that so um, sorry sarah I'm now picking up watching AEW and I adore the show so much. I never knew what I was missing. Wrestling is bizarre, but fantastic all at the same time. That is a wonderful way to put it. It is bizarre. But and I imagine it's, it's, it's a very nice way to remember your brother as well. Indeed, yeah. Start recording. I'd like to see Jeff Cobb permanently, Leo Rush and Bandido in AEW. I'm not sure why. I guess it's because they all sound like very nice roster additions to me. But if they're happy where they are, then I guess that's all good. I think Bandido just re-signed with ROH as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, Gresham and Callahan; those are the two guys I want. Oh, particularly Callahan, yeah. Andrew, the last Airbender. You guys are the worst. How dare you enjoy a high-quality product? How dare you speak praise of a company that brings joy into your lives? Just a bunch of marks, I guess. Seriously though, be kind in the comments. Spread love. Support Wrestle Talk. Thanks, Andrew. Um, abortion reborn just watch the aew rev lol review uh just a couple of things <laughs> agree about no plan b of course the sting match was cinematic needed time to set up for the main event the revolution ending reminded me of becky never pinning ronda well it was, yeah I'm not sure i was, was gonna yet, say yeah. they needed a bit more time it seems to set up the main event Exactly. We talked about that a lot during the um, the Revolution live stream as well. Um, Juan Villa, if you guys were to book a legend killer storyline, someone mad and fed up with these ex-WWE guys uh, coming in and getting attention, who would you pick to take them out? At this point, like a Scorpio Sky. Like Scorpio feels like the sort of person yeah. like he's just turned heel. Like he is a guy that would never made it to WWE. So, like, he's a guy that you could pick to do that. Also, I kind of, maybe it's, uh, actually, do you know what would be better for it? Christopher Daniels. There's the guy a, who only... never properly went there, yeah. Yeah, there's only room for one legend around here. Um, Green Vega Club, off topic. Warner Brothers and Legendary uh, now announced that Godzilla vs. Kong will be an exploding barbed wire death match. <laughs> All the buildings are covered in barbed wire. Um Anonymous uh, just kicked COVID's ass and got discharged from hospital yesterday. Uh, Justice for Adam Blampate. Well done, you, by the way. Uh, and what former WWE star would you like to see debut in AEW or Impact next? Sorry, can Ultra Chat more? Never apologize for that. Um, basically, just because it's in the news at the moment, Chad Gable. Seconded. Uh, also, I love how you celebrate beating COVID with a hashtag for Adam Blampate. <laughs> Gerard Estrada, a little bit of fancy booking down the line. Hangman becomes the number one contender, but is conflicted about fighting Kenny. That is until Kenny eventually lays his hands on a member of the Dark Order. Mm. Perhaps John Silver thoughts. 
There's so many ways they can go with it. I like that. Yeah. It's a myth. Uh, it'll be a sad day when we see Reginald turn up in the explosion zone. No one is safe. Sheeda will be beating him off hmm, with a stick next week. AEW also uh, being so open does make it a lot easier to sympathize with them when stuff like this happens. Totally agree. It's like a lot of goodwill. Everyone I, I saw really, the vast majority by Tuesday was that initial disappointment, uh, which sort of you know manifested in anger and frustration of past. It was just like oh, I just want it to be okay again. So, yeah, yeah, that's what happens when you treat your fans with respect. They're more open to forgive you. Your garbage, mate. Last message fell flat, so let's try some redemption here. Do you guys think that Christian will lose via the one-winged angel? Yes. Uh, I know he's cleared to wrestle again, but that move in particular seems like the last one a man with a history of concussions should take. Yeah, but I mean, so's all Sting. wrestling moves. And Sting's wrestling now. Like at this point, like mm. Daniel Bryan's wrestling. Like you know, I, I, Edge is back in the ring. Like it's, if if Edge is cleared to compete, then I I don't think I'll have like that worry that I I had like when Daniel Bryan first started wrestling, and I was like, oh my god, it's not like when like yeah. with Bret Hart, like you know Bret Hart when he was like you know falling down, you're like, oh my god, Bret. I don't have that worry for people like Bryan and Edge, and, and so I don't I don't think I'll have that worry for Christian either. Uh, dried chicken without flavor. I feel like AEW are possibly using the idea that they uh, originally planned last year before the pandemic stopped everything. I think that's in reference to the Blood and Guts match because obviously it was meant to be um, the Inner Circle versus the Elite, but then it got cancelled. Mm. Uh, Misha Sumra. Hey, Misha. Uh, Batman plan, Xantos Gambit, Kansas City Shuffle, whatever you call it, it's some of the best storytelling, not just in wrestling, but anywhere on TV. Unrelated. Konnichiwa, Olisama. Um, and you've got the. Uh, have you seen um, uh, Manga Girl's uh, art? No. Of you? Yeah, she's some <sighs> wonderful, wonderful art of you. Harriet's fan. Like, she does a lot of, like, really cool. She did a lot of cool art for all of our um, CBW stuff as well, which you oh love. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you very much, Harriet. I will, uh, I will not show my lady partner. <laughs> She messaged us on um, uh, on Monday saying that, uh, yeah, whenever it was, Tuesday saying that she was going to do it. So she, she yeah. got it out quick. Bacon Russia. Hey, lads. Uh, firstly, can you mention war games without saying Quizzlemania war games? Just want to give a shout out to the amazing Wrestling Wednesday. For me, NXT had it this week on in-ring, but AEW, AEW stories cannot be beaten. Cute Mr. Davis will get his title back. Well, we'll uh, certainly see. Um. Dylan Starr, Ollie Chan. Oh man, I'm so bad at doing. Uh, do you want to do this? Because you, I mean, I'll you study Japanese for a bit. I'll try. Ollie Chan, Totemo Kyoto di Arishi Sakai de Ichiban Kawai. OMG, Watashi wa Kai, kai no Kai or Oshitsubata. I think it's making up words there. Daisuke, Daisuke des. Uh, Ollie is AW Review number one Uwu. Kawai saw Kawai. Um, I wonder if like I wonder if Dylan actually knows it or just put it into Google Translate. It was just mm. copy paste, put it back in. Um, Nate has just got my copy of the Wrestle Talk magazine yesterday, the Brody Lee tribute edition. Luke, what a lovely and well written piece. Got me tearing up again. Thanks a lot. Excited to read the rest. Thank you so much. Yeah, it was um oh yeah. It was it was, di it was difficult to write, but it, it, I, I I wanted to be able to write something. Um Dan H, um, thank you guys for today for uh Thank you so much for today's videos. Have a hard day. Depression kicking in full gear. You have oh, uh, gave oh, me a Luke, fun. Luke. Huh? Sorry? You see the red you see the red bit? Oh, right. Sorry, I thought you meant just to read that bit out. Um 
Patrick Kaniski, uh, don't have, sorry, I, I highlight the rest of it, so I apologize. Patrick Kaniski, uh, that was my fault. Patrick Kaniski, don't have anything else to add. Just thank you for always having excellent, consistent content on YouTube. I always look forward to Wednesdays for AEW, but Thursdays are there for Luke and Ollie. Jam that jam. And lastly, an hour and 40 minutes into this show, three faces oh. of Ollie, Kawaii Davis, Mr. <laughs> Davis, Golden Joe, you guys are awesome. Thank you all so much. Oof. Thank you, everybody. Is this the new AEW Dynamite review length and revolution? <laughs> thank you. Honestly, thank you, everybody, for your uh, Omega chats. Incredibly generous of you all. And thanks for watching us. Apparently, we had, like, massive viewership for this episode. If you haven't already, subscribe to this channel because this is the WrestleTalk podcast channel. It's different from the WrestleTalk news channel. So if you're not subscribed here, make sure you do enable notifications to always on. What we got coming up, Luke? Well, tomorrow it is the magazine show. Myself and Denise Salcedo going through all of the biggest wrestling news and your patron mailbag questions. And then on Saturday with Andy on holiday, Tempest is filling in for the SmackDown review with Pete Cornell, Patreon Pete. So yeah, that's what we've got coming up over this weekend. And then we'll be back next week with the Raw and AEW reviews and fast lane predictions because mr davis is once again the number one contender to the jam that championship uh, as we head towards fast lane that's right folks there's another pay-per-view next week <laughs> i haven't i haven't recovered from the last one but there's there's another pay-per-view for us to watch live oh. yay i love wrestling <laughs> i love wrestling when it's every fortnight oh god Apology yet? No, no, because it's been a it's been a second since you just did the the intro. No, um, hey, by going in, it tells me who else follows her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, can I see who she follows? You can do, yeah. So you that's, can click and see. Good, <gasps> Tony Khan. She's following Ryan Nemeth, Taz, Sunny Kiss, Brandon Walker. She follows you twice, Luke. Eddie Kingston. <laughs> Reba, Dr. Britt Baker, Ross Twaddell, Luke Owen, Sean Ross Sapp. Yeah, Sean of course, Sean. Excalibur. I mean, John I'm Silver. the only member of this team. I'm also technically following Pete then as well. <laughs> Mad Kurt. I think she's just playing a game. She knows who to follow to get Sims <laughs> to talk about her. Yeah, popular people like me and Chris Brooks. So what I did just there is I said a word that I don't fully understand. Simps. Mm -hmm. What is it? Yes. So I don't fully, uh, from what I can mm. gather, because we've had this on uh, Quizzlemania before. I think it was when Alex was first on and we got some, we got heat in an email from someone who said that we were just simping for Alex because she is a woman. And what is, what, <laughs> what? essentially. There's a woman nearby. Oh my God. What essentially it boils down to is that some people have now just like, if you are nice to a woman, you are a simp. Like if that, that is the, but like what it, the sort of broader terms of it is if you, um, it, it's like, like women on Twitch, basically, like if you, um, Twitch money, I don't know why Twitch works, but if you give them money on Twitch or something, uh, then you are simping the for them. WWE. <laughs> Twitch, Twitch money. money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Twitch money music. Yeah, like I think if you sort of like pay women who are bad at games 
to like play games because they're cute like you are simping for them i think that's what it is basically someone will email in and i won't be interested um, and i'll still have to be forced to read the email the scenario you described the definition is incredibly specific well that's what i think but like like a lot of things like a lot of things it it starts as a very specific thing and then it grows into just a term an Mm all-encompassing term kind of like you know like how soy boy was sort of like it was a very specific thing and then it just became oh you um you you hate donald trump you're a soy boy like that it sort of just becomes this all all all-encompassing term to just like describe someone that you disagree with i guess clickbait one way clickbait with a great example, a fantastic example. I mean, we could sit here and we could talk about Makita, we could talk about Sims, unless you had another point that you wanted to make. I just got up Urban Dictionary, if you wanted the oh, number yeah, one okay. definition of simp on Urban Dictionary. Someone who does way too much for a person they like. Do you want that in a, an example? Yeah, go on then. Brian Shoe the simp. I bought her a car and a whole ass house. And we're not even dating. Nathan the pimp replies, you're a simp. I once bought a girl that I had just started dating at university, a Nintendo DS and Nintendogs, <gasps> like with my pay packet. Like I got paid at work. Oh, and the first no. thing I bought you... was her. I bought oh, her a Nintendo simp. DS. <laughs> I was to point out as well. It was cool. I, I want to point out as well. These were they were brand new at this point as well. This was a brand new thing. It was like they just released the pink one, and that's what she wanted oh. was like a pink DS. And I was working at Game Station, so I bought her that. Got staff discount with it, like, but I bought her that and Nintendo Shows you how like how how much of like of the time this was the Nintendo DS, and she was very very grateful for it. Um, I nearly married her, and well, I mean, I said I nearly married her. I didn't. I did propose at one point, and we were engaged to be wed. And then she broke up with me because she chose Warcraft over me instead. You might have put her on that slippery slope with Nintendo. Mm. No, no, no. She was way into Warcraft. Like, bef- like before we even started dating, like, before we even met, she was already like heavily into World of Warcraft mm. or WoW, as like she would just call it with her friends. I think uh, the the real pro simp move there would be if you worked at uh game st- what, what game station game station yeah game station no, it's, it's since closed down yeah yeah i was like i can't remember that brand and you say no 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 no. don't use my staff discount i want to pay full price <laughs> full price <laughs> i wouldn't even trade anything in for it yeah. like i didn't trade in my own ds to like get money off it or anything um i bought it so we could play ds games together anywho i've got a big question for you davis did you watch Bake Off? No, no, no. I've been so tired and busy. Uh, Revolution really did a number on me that I fizzled out this week. Uh, I, yeah, I was in, I was in bed by half nine. I am knackered now, so haven't even had the chance to watch Bake Off. But we are going to watch it tonight. Is it a good one? Good cast, good lineup. Yeah, really good, really fun cast this week because you've got like you know. Um... Tom Allen, who is great. Rob Beckett, yeah. who's brilliant. Alexandra Burke, who's very, very wonderful. And Daisy Ridley. And I, they do a lot of like Star Wars stuff to Daisy Ridley. And you kind of get the vibe from her, which is like, yeah, stop, stop, stop talking to me about Star Wars now. <laughs> uh, that, that was, no, 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 no. I, she I'm... doesn't understand. That's her <laughs> life now. 
Well, yeah, ask Harrison Ford. Um, yeah, <laughs> I did he get made Indiana Jones. He's <laughs> still Han Solo. He literally asked to be killed off in the Empire Strikes Back. He's like, I don't want this to be my life. Like, I, I can't have this be my life. Who is Daisy Daisy Ridley to you? Yeah, she's right. Yes, to she's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, she's right from Star Wars. Um, Skywalker is that what we, is that our official surname now? Are we going with that? Yeah, I guess so. Not not powerful. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> I am. Um, I still have now. I still have not finished my Star Wars rewatch. Like yeah. I I started. It took me four attempts to get through episode two. I then started episode three. I got ten minutes in, and I was like, "Oh man, I, I need to go do something else." And I haven't returned to it. It was three weeks ago. And the mm. only reason I did this is because I wanted to watch four, five, and six. And I just, for whatever reason, told myself, well, I can't watch four, five, and six until I've watched one, two, three first. It's the curse of the completist, isn't it? Yeah, Which no. I think we're both afflicted with. Uh, a lot of people watching this, well, listening to this podcast will be. I still cannot read monthly comic books despite having access to all of them through surfshark vpn on the wonderful dc universe app because i feel like i have to read every single comic book from 2015 up until now i've gone into 2017 that's impressive just, I, yeah 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 i'm still four years behind <laughs> um oh speaking of which did you see the news that um the snyder cut is out in the uk on now tv for free in seven days time what march, march 18th Why? we're getting it for free here in the uk oh, well i say for free it's on the now tv so you're gonna need a subscription to now tv but you don't need to pay an extra extra amount on top of uh, now tv in order to watch it so it's not for free on now tv well, it is. Is it like you know, you know, with Disney, they've released their films, but like you got to pay thirty quid to watch Raya and mm. whatever the new film is called. Uh, this is literally just if you've got now TV, you can watch it. Oh, so it's kind wow. of like they're, they're, it's being sold as like you don't, you know, it's for free because you don't have to pay any extra charge to on top of your now TV subscription to watch it. Oh my god, I feel like that's when you two gave everyone their new <laughs> album for free on iTunes. I, I don't want it. I don't want I don't it. Want it? Stop giving it to me. Um, so are you not are you not are you not even tempted? The only reason why I'm tempted is I'm listening to a podcast at the moment called Best Movies Never Made, and they're reading the script for Justice League Mortal, and like did a mm. big dive into like the casting of the movie, which I I find a fascinating cast, yeah. like really really interesting, like Army Hammer as um no it was um DJ Katrona as Batman, who like you know at that point was 21 years old. But the Batman that they write for him is almost like a continuation of the Michael Keaton Batman from 89, because they even reference like Vicky Vale and stuff. And it's like, oh, he's too young. He is too young to be playing like that era of Batman. So yeah, and it's a, a fascinating... Do you know, a lot of that script is based around a fast food restaurant. What? No, I did not. Yeah, so like the, the, the central core of it is that Maxwell Lord owns Planet Krypton which is a planned Hollywood parody where oh, all no. of the burgers and like the meals in there are like referencing to the superheroes and stuff. So you were like, Oh, can I get, um, uh, can I get a, a flash burger and can you Superman it like Superman sizes and all this sort of stuff. And yeah, like that is one of the big, big, like, like key plots of the movie. That instantly tells me what kind of movie it is. <laughs> and it's a it's a it's a classic dc 
they were going to make a movie in the noughties that would have felt kind of dated in the 90s. Oh yeah, it feels very 90s despite the fact this That's was like, like this was after after ba- this was after the dark night like this movie had been written. It's like uh Gene Hackman Lex levels of villain, isn't it? Yeah. From the Superman movies. What I also found interesting in the casting of it, it was Jay Basharel to play um Maxwell Lord. So they were going to do this like, oh, we're going to like really twist this round by having a young Maxwell Lord, which they ended up doing in Justice League but with Lex Luthor, like they kind of like, they, mm. and I love what, like when you see like scripts of that didn't get made, what ideas do then carry over into films that come out, you know, 10 years later of like, Oh man, that idea just stuck around through every iteration and every version of this different directors, different writers, but that core idea of like, yeah, we're going to take a character that's old, but do a younger version of him. And that's going to be our central villain. Have you seen wonder woman 84 yet? I have. Yes. Pedro Pascal is banging in that movie as Maxwell the, Lord. And I, I hate be to say it. I hate to say it, but he was the best thing in that movie. Because like, I, I love Gal Gadot uh, or Gal Gadot uh, and I love Chris Prime, but man, their chemistry sucked in 1984. <gasps> like, their chemistry was awful. It was, was so good. I had so good. tears at the end of the No, soundtrack. you didn't. Tears. No, you oh, didn't. You, you don't know emotion. You didn't. It's too long for that, for starters. Anyway, that's all we've got time for on this. Speaking of going long, that's all we've got time for on this edition of the podcast. I'll be back tomorrow with Denise Salcedo talking about the biggest news in wrestling and your Patreon mailbag questions. Till then, take care. I love you, everyone. Goodbye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.